repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. He never presented an easy believism. He never stooped to cheap decision-making. His confidence in the sovereignty of God was evident in all of his preaching. His work was a lasting work because it was based on salvation by grace alone. We need more preachers like W.P. Nicholson in our pulpits today. I believe that's what's wrong with our so-called established churches today. Too many standing in pulpits spouting off saying what they think is right instead of what the Bible teaches by the truth of the living God. So as we consider this simple verse tonight, let's look at some key issues regarding the new birth. That's what it's all about, isn't it, verse 17? The new birth of the Christian. So what is involved then? It affects every part of us. It affects our thoughts. It affects our wills. It affects our conscience. And it affects our affections. When Adam fell in the beginning, he corrupted every one of us. And Paul reminds us, in Romans 5 and verse 12, he said, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. When a new life is born, God willing, when Kirsty has a baby on the 1st of February, and we look at that innocent baby, whether it's a boy or a girl, I don't know. I don't think Simon knows either. <clears throat> but that young, new baby, so innocent looking, so pure almost, but yet, the Bible says, born in sin. Sure, parents that have nurses, we don't need to teach our kids how to do, how to do wrong. It's in them, it's born in them. So what does this new creation involve then? But it involves obedience from our hearts. And how can we expect obedience to God's word if there isn't a new heart? If there is no regeneration? There is a cost, you see, of following Jesus. There is a cost in believing and following Christ. And that cost is... It will cost you the love of this world. I believe that we're living in a day of easy believism today. Oh yes, believe in Jesus, but a change of life? Well, that's not a different story. What does our text say? If anyone's in Christ, he or she is a new creation. very easy to play to one's emotions. Maybe we sing like what we sang this morning, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. I'm speaking from experience here because I've been in a service 
And we can become emotional. We feel the hairs in the back of our neck stand up. And I don't doubt for one minute that there are many who are saved in these type of services. But many have left. Many have left maybe believing and trusting, yet there has nothing really happened. There is no change of life. There is no new creation. There is no new creation. So how do we counsel such a person? The heart of the matter, you see, is the matter of the heart. That wise man Solomon wrote in Proverbs 4, verse 23, he says, Keep your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Our heart needs to be changed. Our lives need to be changed. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are to be new. And the only one that can change our heart is God alone. I cannot create an anxious thought in your heart. David cannot. Robbie cannot. Kenny cannot. Only God and his sovereign grace can. And my reason for saying that is in Romans 3, verse 11 and 12, for Paul says, There is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God. What I've just read from God's word must mean that the new birth comes from God alone. Some might believe that there is some small, minute, spiritual spark within us, but no. Paul says we are dead in trespasses and in sins. There is no spiritual spark. There is no power within us. There is no source of regeneration whatsoever in a corrupt sinner that contributes to his or her new birth. God doesn't ask us if we're willing. Because we're not willing. Does the psalmist not tell us, thy people shall be made willing in the day of thy power? Psalm 110 verse 3. For everyone's nature is the carnal nature will never be willing. For the Bible says it's at enmity with God and subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. As Paul says that in Romans 8, verse 7 and 8. We would love, would we not, to be able to have our children, our relatives, our friends to be regenerated by the grace of God? Can we do it by getting them to make a decision for Christ? Yes, we can. But does our entire future in eternity hang on that one decision for Christ if there has been no change of life? Back to our text again. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, all things have become new. The things that we used to get up to, the things that I used to get up to as a teenager, whether it was dancing or bevying with the mates, that's changed. We have a new life. 
We are a new creation. The new birth comes from God alone. He is the prime mover in the heart of the sinner who is converted to Christ. And God even prepares us for that new birth. I think about my own life, brought up in a Christian family. I knew about the stories. I knew about God. I knew about who Jesus was. I knew that he sent his son to die on the cross for sinners like I was. And I remember saying to my mother, I think, when I was about seven or eight, that I wanted to be saved. It came out my mouth, but it never came out my heart. And it wasn't until I was 25 when God began to speak to us, when God began to challenge our life, my life, I realized I needed to get right with God. You see, there was conviction of sin. Jesus himself made the promise that the Holy Spirit would convince the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. And that's what he did with us. That's what he did with you. And sometimes conviction of sin can come and go. And we need to be very careful. And the word of God says in Genesis that my spirit will not always strive with me. So when someone is born from above, how can they know? Well, some people know immediately. Some people come under conviction for a period. The new birth that Paul speaks about here in verse 17 being a new creation. It cannot be created by pressing someone for a, a decision. It is God and God alone who calls a sinner to repentance and the sinner's responsibility is to come. The principle of God moving in his own time occurs over and over again within crusade evangelism. <clears throat> in defying all the mechanics of decision making. There was a woman in the early 1980s who made a decision at a Pentecostal service. But she soon fell away. And she became later on a Jehovah's Witness for 20 years. Then she experienced an intervention of the Holy Spirit and come under heavy conviction. And back in the 80s when Louise Palau was preaching at the Kelvin Hall, for five nights she sat under the ministry of the Word of God. And she was wonderfully saved from her sins. She realized that she was a sinner in needing of Christ. And she heard the word of truth. She heard the word of God. And it's his word that brings people to a saving knowledge of sins forgiven. The word, the truth, is the prime means of grace that God in his great mercy uses to extend his kingdom, not by human wisdom or signs or miracles, but by his word. When Christ was preaching to the people on the last day of the feast of the, ta uh, the tabernacles in John, 
7 verse 37, he stood there with a loud voice and he said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. As the scriptures say, for out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Yeah, it's by the foolishness of preaching. Paul says, Romans 10 verse 17, it's by the foolishness of preaching. Look at the effect that television has had on the average person. Average person probably watches maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 hours of television per week. And we become conditioned by this without knowing it at times. Maybe we need to compare how much TV we watch compared with how much of God's Word we delve into. TV, you see, makes people lazy. Maybe I should rephrase that. TV makes Christians lazy. Not only physically, but mentally as well. Programs that maybe we would never have watched years ago, we now maybe watch. Whether it's cursing, swearing, whether it's blaspheming the name of Christ. And we as Christians have the audacity to watch and to comment on Facebook of how we look forward to the programme next week. Christian, brother and sister, where are we today in relation to what Paul says in verse 17? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We are to be renewed in our hearts and in our minds daily. I have to be renewed in my heart and in my mind daily. Sadly, there are many of our churches today that still are the old creation. Never been brought under conviction of sin. Never repented. The old things haven't passed away. Nothing has become new. The people of Scotland, the people of Hamilton, need to be exposed to the truth and the challenge of the word of God. And I pray as long as this church stands here in Hamilton, that it would always preach the unsearchable riches of Christ as its central theme. And I know you would agree with that. Preaching the truth of God in love. And for someone to be in Christ, it is not a technique of bringing a person to say a prayer or make a decision that the new birth takes place. This new birth those who are a new creation can never be brought about by manipulation but only by the sovereign dealings of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Any response by a sinner is predated, in other words, worked in us 
prior to any action. So why do I come to that conclusion? Well, simply by repeating John 6, verse 44, and Robbie alluded to it this morning. No one can come to me, Jesus says, unless the Father who sent me draws him. There is the wonder of salvation. By grace alone. In other words, no one is saved unless the Father draws him or her. Here we need to tread very carefully, for man is a responsible being, but incapable of saving himself. We should always do justice to both human responsibility and inability. We should never and must never permit it to be said that because a sinner is unable, that he is not responsible. We should oppose any suggestion that because God is sovereign in salvation, the sinner can do nothing, that he is not responsible, and that he or she can only wait for God to act. And if he doesn't, he's lost anyway. Never fall into that trap of saying, what's the use of evangelizing if the sinner can't repent? God is sovereign, yes, but man is responsible. He is a responsible being and he or she has a responsibility to come to the foot of the cross and ask God for forgiveness. Matthew 28, as we draw to a close, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So as we close on this first Sunday of this, another new year, I would ask my own heart the question have those old things passed away? Are the old things passing away? And is all new things becoming new? Are we being renewed in our spirits every day that we live with Jesus Christ? Oh, Satan is active today. He is active today as he was last year. And he hates to see Christians delving into the Word of God and reading verses like this and applying them to each of their lives. And I exhort myself first, and indeed all of us tonight, to keep putting off the old things that pulls down and do what Paul the Apostle exhorts us to do. In Romans 12, verse 2, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, that's what the devil wants us to do. No, Paul says, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have gone. Behold, all things. Amen.
Father God, we just pray that you would just help us as we leave this service to go before us, go with us, watch over us for good in the days that lie ahead. Help us to be great witnesses for you, that others might see in us the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So be with us now as we continue, as we close with this last song. For we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. <laughs>